0: What is going on, everybody? We are back with a new episode of Faked. This one is pertaining to fake pedigree. So, not uh, dog food, the uh, branded dog food named pedigree, but we want to talk more about just pedigree when you're uh, concerning purchasing a new dog, purchasing a new horse, as we we all usually do. Uh, this applies to cats, I believe, you know, a vast array of animals, but... I kind of wanted to focus more on dogs. I think that's the one that most people uh, end up purchasing is uh, dogs, especially based off of a certain pedigree. You know, that's if you do want the more predominantly able to run or if you want to end up doing shows like, uh, like dog shows and things like that, you know, you're going to want to pay attention to the progeny of these animals. So that's why I think I want to focus more on that is because it's more uh I guess it's something we can all kind of get into. So, first off, you know, we always like to talk about the history of a certain thing that uh that has the potential to be faked. So, when we talk about pedigree and we talk about domestication, um it's pretty crazy that it happened nearly 15,000 years. That's what uh that's what uh what I was able to find was f- about 15,000 years ago. That is when hunter-gatherers kind of started domesticating animals, uh, large carnivores and things of like that. And that was more for a, a good use, I would say. It wasn't to uh, wasn't exactly a dog show where they were entering. They were, you know, trying to survive. So it was assisting them in trying to find um, certain fruits, vegetables, things of that nature, uh, meat, you know, it would go for the kill, that kind of stuff that maybe we didn't have the weapons to do so. We sent in our... Lovely puppy, you know. uh, I don't think uh, Fido, you know, these days would do that. I think it'd run in the opposite direction. But, you know, during the original domestication of some of these animals and wolves and things like that, that was their main intent. So we really, I guess, we cared about the progeny and what their parents looked like. And we just kind of hoped at that point. We didn't, you know, have a database that we'll talk about. We just kind of looked at, wow, that's a big animal. Let's try to domesticate it. And see if it'll do some of the hunting for us. Cause that would be awesome. They've got bigger teeth, a little, uh, you know, more ruthless than us, that kind of stuff. So that's what started this whole, uh, you know, industry of pedigree and the interest in it, uh, for us as humans. So jump ahead, you know, so many years, what, um, what does the market look like for pedigree? I mean, I don't I didn't personally know this before I looked it up. It's not something that's part of my every, I don't even own an animal. So uh, this one I learned a lot in, okay? So how much do professional uh, professional dog breeders make? Uh, notice I said professional, okay? Professional breeders of dogs often, um, they generate like several thousands of dollars per litters of dogs. Uh, for the puppies, so the most um, successful ones can even reach five figures for every uh, any given litter that's pretty ridiculous that's an insane uh, five figures for one litter of dogs, so as you can see it's a very profitable industry has the ability to make you a lifetime of money um, and that obviously applies to cats, that applies to horses. I know we're just focusing more on the dogs here just to make it a little more centrist, so i don't have to go into all the specifics. Um, and these can kind of be applied to everything. So, what is exactly a pedigree? You know, we talked about the domestication, but why in the Sam Hill do we care about what a pedigree is? Okay. So, from a genetics point of view, a pedigree is a representation of a family tree. You know, the family tree we had to make in like third grade. This is just when it t- comes to dogs. We look at the uh parents and, you know, maybe the Potential for class A running or maybe the potential for some genetic flaws, okay? It shows how individuals within a family tree are related to each other. Uh, We can also indicate which individuals have a particular trait or genetic condition. If we take a pedigree, which we usually try to include at least uh, three generations – uh, we might be able to determine how a particular trait is inherited. Okay? Using that information, we might be able to tell the chance that a given individual will have the trait themselves or could pass it on to their children. So that's huge uh, when you're talking about an industry to be able to have some of those predictive predictive qualities when it comes to uh, trying to purchase an animal and seeing if it's worth the ROI, You know, what the return on investment is going to look like because we just talked about what the breeders make. So you can just only imagine what the sellers are, what the buyers have to put up in order to obtain that beautifully crafted animal um, that may have been genetically altered through uh, intentional, um, dare I say, arranged marriages uh, through animals and just looking at their history. So, that's kind of a kind of an introduction right there just to get us all up to speed on what the Sam Hill a pedigree is. Okay. So, let's go into what some of the scams are. You know, what what um what facet of animal uh, dare, I guess I say production. What facet of that looks um looks more I guess uh what looks more profitable for some scammers out there um, when it comes to individual things that animals can produce and what you can do with them. So, since uh, December 11th, 2016, the um, Pedigree Database or the PDB has required that users include the date of birth, breed book, and registration number when entering a dog without any progeny. So Progeny, basically, you know, without any parents. If you don't know what the parents is, you've got a stray dog, you got something. You don't really know what the parents are. You can put them in the pedigree database and that's kind of to to start that tree. Um, And this was done so that pedigree admins can try to authenticate the pedigree by checking the registration number and date of birth. So this is kind of a centralized blockchain, if you will, of um, information so people can't falsify some of this stuff. Okay. Some people object to posting this information, uh, stating that it allows people to copy their dog's information and create fake papers for their dogs. Okay. But everyone in the world has access to the American Kennel Club, or the AKC database, and if they know the dog's name, uh, they can get the dog's registration number, date of birth, and color. So everyone also has access to the SV database um, and the ANCI, which is the Italian database database. And databases of many, many other countries and also ones um, like WinsysX and WorkingDog.eu. These aren't websites you're probably going to be going on because they are out of country, so I won't even dive into them. So, uh, the point's kind of moot because there are multiple databases that people have access to. Um, So... I mean, is it gonna happen? It will. Uh, you know, people can log on to these databases, copy things down, and then sell it as is. It's the same for when we look at the Louis Vuitton. Um, I know one's an animal, one's a purse, but kind of the same uh, theory is you can go on these databases and copy down the date tag and know exactly, you know, the serial number, all this kind of stuff to authenticate it, throw it on your fake bag, toss it up. That's why we have to look from multiple angles in order to determine whether something's real or fake. Okay. So if you see any dog entered since the first of 2007, who has no date of birth, it is potentially a fake pedigree. Okay. Because it needs to have that. It's a requirement. Okay. Okay. So, I'm gonna go read some stuff from this website here. Um, Let's see, we realize that it can take several months to get a young pup registered, but even then, 95% of pups are registered by the time the dog is six months old, so an older dog should have a breed book and registration number, okay? We would like to just cancel these dogs um, as we feel that, remember, this is the website talking, not me. Okay, I don't work for this company. So may not, in fact, have a registered purebred dog. We will just instead just mark them as needing date of birth and registration number. So it's kind of have, it it would be a dog obtaining that has kind of a disclaimer on it. Um, So it would kind of show you to be wary and they understand that too. But it's kind of their way of saying, okay, well, you might be a little uh, dubious when it comes to this or be a little on edge or um, on your toes um, when doing uh, some of these purchasing and then um, authenticating it on these websites. Okay, so when starting a new pedigree, the dog that you enter must have a saya and a dam um with complete information or it will be canceled. A sire and a dam or a sire and a dam is basically the uh jargon for parent, the progeny. So the the um the mom and the dad of that said animal is the sire and dam. So when you do see that, um yeah, that's the jargon behind it. So it will be canceled if it doesn't have that. Of course, we cannot expect you to have all the information about other dogs down line in the pedigree. Okay. So um that the pedigree database uh, was created to help people trace the pedigree of their purebred registered dogs, so they could use the information in their breeding programs. So, kind of a very useful database if you are in the industry of um, breeding dogs and want to authenticate it with uh, you know the proper channels and with proper certificates certification. Apparently I can't talk, um, certification. Cause that's a huge thing, uh, that you'll get with some of the stuff, but obviously those can be faked as well. And that was kind of some of the concerns with this database is people can go on there, create a fake, um, certification certification. Why can't I say that word? Um, on there and then just kind of give it out with them and say, Hey, here you go. Give me the $5,000. So that's, what's important about that. All right. Let's talk about, um, Some of the fake pedigree pet scams that were kind of on the rise, um, you know, around around uh, this one's actually from 2016. I imagine there's some new ones, but I think probably these databases have been helping this. So this was actually in the UK, uh, specifically in Berkshire. Okay, they saw a uh, spike in sales of ill or badly treated pets being sold to unsuspecting owners, okay? So I guess 10 cocker spaniels were found living in appalling conditions in a house in Slaw, having been advertised for 550 euros each. Uh, Four puppies were put down after testing positive for Parvo. Um, I guess they had been finding um, that they, they had been selling these as a certain pedigree breed, Uh, with prices like crazy through the roof and nobody was kind of verifying them. People bought them thinking, okay, well, that's, that's it. But um, turns out they were all medically, you know, just totally uh, inept. You know, they, uh, once you bought them, you ended up getting like huge bills in order uh, to, I guess fix your dog, you know, in order to heal your dog's genetic uh, failures. So these were huge. Basically, the people were offsetting these dogs as a certain pedigree, but um, they were not. Once you looked down the the lineage, you saw that okay, well these these dogs have a very high rate of parvo, or maybe a, a frail legs in the back, and maybe you needed to uh, spend eight thousand dollars to surgically correct a five hundred dollar dog okay a lot of the sellers use that false paperwork we talked about relating to another dog okay so these are some things that you can kind of watch out for when you're purchasing some of these uh, you know animals from maybe less than reputable sources they may look really appetizing you know when you're online and you see okay i've got this certain pedigree for dog a uh, dog for sale and oh my gosh you know what a great deal or you know we're trying to offset these dogs because of some, you know, uh, emotional strain or something like that. So, okay, these are some of the things to watch out for, okay? Adult dogs being falsely presented as parents of puppies for sale. So, always kind of be on the watch for that. If you understand dogs, maybe that's going to be a little easier for you. I personally don't. I wouldn't know. You know, hey, that dog looks kind of like that dog. That's good enough for me. So dogs being advertised in one town but sold in another or being transported from puppy farms to residential areas to make them appear to be family bred. So always track where they came from. You know, be very questionable about things. You know, you're purchasing a live being. You know, you, of course, want to know all about it. Okay, dogs being chipped using chipping and scanning kits bought online but aren't registered. This was something that I just found out about. I'm going to go a little more into here. Okay, so microchipping your dog, um, it is more for... Okay, so let's just talk about what it is. Okay, so a pet microchip is about the size size of a grain of rice. It consists of a tiny computer chip housed in a, t- a special type of glass. So the material is compatible with living tissue. So the microchip is implanted between the animal's shoulder blades, under the skin, with a needle and special syringe, kind of like getting a shot. Um, your dog's not really going to experience any pain from that, but uh, basically, this is going to tell you everything about it. It also um, yeah, basically, it's going to tell you everything about what this animal is, its pedigree. So it it really is verified and can be checked through a um, kind of a device. You scanned over it and bam, you've got all the information. It doesn't have GPS in it. You know, it's not that crazy because it never needs charged. It's basically an NFC device that has all the information on it. So when talking about your animal being chipped if you want to ask that question and they say, yeah, absolutely. You know, we got a online, we bought it, didn't really get it from a reputable place, but he's chipped and he's ready to go. And if it's not registered, that's a red flag. Here's another one. And this is going to tie into a lot of what we talk about scams. So extreme sympathy tactics being used on customers, including using buyer's children to pressurize parents. Okay. So never get too emotionally involved into it. Okay, here's something. Uh, Cats being advertised before they're old enough for buyers to easily identify the breed. That's a huge thing. Oh, you're coming across the little kitten and he's so cute, but um, we really don't know. uh, Some of the characteristics haven't been developed yet in order to really identify what breed it is. And that's what they're trying to offset beforehand. So be careful about that. And we've talked about the fraudulent paperwork relating to the breed or medical history. That's a huge one. All right, so... Let's talk about more of the puppy scams, um, just, I guess, specifically. So, how do some of these scams work? Okay. You visit a reputable newspaper or online classifieds website where you come across an ad offering a pedigree puppy for a really cheap price. The ad may include a picture of a very cute puppy and a claim that it register, that it's registered and has been lovingly raised, If you wish to buy the dog, the seller will often claim that they have moved interstate or overseas and that you will need to pay for transport or medical costs before the puppy can be delivered. The seller asks for payment to be made, of course, via money transfer. Always a red flag. Huge red flag, okay? If you pay, you will never receive the puppy, of course, or see your money again. So this is a specific scam. This isn't really dealing with pedigree, but this is the puppy scam. Okay. So the scammer claims that the puppy is overseas, they may pretend that a non-delivery is due to customs or quarantine issues and that further payment is due, of course, before the puppy will be released. Again, the further money sent will be lost and the dog will never be delivered. So that's a very specific uh, scam and that's more of uh, never seeing the puppy itself. You know, that's something that, oh, hey, I was promised a puppy, and I never received the puppy. Just don't deal, always deal with a puppy that you get to individuals see. You get to go to the puppy, say, shake its paw and say, how do you do, you know, where are your parents? That kind of thing, that's huge. So, okay, we talked mostly about, um, I think some of the big, big things associated with pedigree scams. You guys are welcome to do your own research on that. I think uh, we went over the most important stuff and again, I wish I was more, um, I guess, informed on just pets in general, but it's something that I think anybody who listens to this is going to know more about just by me going over the basis than to try to go and, you know, stutter over all of the jargon associated with pets and pet owning and pet pedigree. But basically that's the entire fake pedigree scam, you know, it's, It's all about checking. It's all about looking at these databases, knowing they're there. It's all about knowing what questions to ask when you go to pick up your dog, cat, horse, whatever. Um, So, guys, remember, with faked items, there are those who produce them, those who purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.